0: This is Small Talk with 101 ESPN's Michelle Smallman.
1: What's up, everyone? It's episode 100 and, wait, 48, Steve, or 38?
0: 48.
1: 148. of Small Talk. I got my numbers inverted there. We're getting close to 150. Steve Cerruti, Michelle Smallman here with you, but you likely know who we are if you've been listening to this so. podcast for one hundred forty episodes. Steve. Oh, yeah. It's like Dave. Hi, I'm Steve.
0: This is a terrible question. It's a new season now. It is, right? season two it of Dave. So, uh, okay, we need to get on that. We need to get on that. Have you I seen it? I started
1: it. I started it. Okay, I'll not, get on it. Not loving it. Not loving oh, it. Oh,
0: I actually heard a few people say they really loved it uh, as much as the first. So that's interesting. I mean, once the finals are done and I have nothing to do after the finals, I'm going to get into F1. I'm going to watch Dave. Uh, what else do I have to do? There's a few other things that I need to do. Sopranos, I need to watch. The uh, well, yeah, I got to finish Sopranos. We're in middle of season three. Actually, end of season three now. Uh, what else? Um, I haven't seen Loki or uh, the, the other one. Captain, whatever, America, whatever, Falcon, Captain America. I'm not, I've become less of a Marvel guy now. I don't know, but I do want to see those. So I'm way behind on everything. So once either the Bucks or the Suns win, possibly tonight as we're recording this on a Tuesday, shout out Giannis, I will catch up on all the things that I have missed out on so far.
1: I'm very torn whether I want Sopranos to be number one on that list or F1 to be number one on that list because I have been dying to talk F1 with you since I wrapped the series a few weeks ago. Um, Haven't watched the race yet. No, there was a big kerfuffle uh, because I am subscribing to the news alerts on my ESPN app. So I read about it, watched the crash, know that it's a big Verstappen-Hamilton beef. Clearly, I'm on Team Hamilton because Max Verstappen is my mortal enemy because he came for my boy Daniel Ricardo. But Steve, I have been dying to talk F1 with you or at least talk about the Netflix F1 show with you for a few weeks. So I need you to get on that.
0: No, I will. I I definitely will. And uh, I did read even though I don't know anything about it. Don't follow it. Haven't seen the show. Weren't people mad at Lewis Hamilton? Didn't he do some shady shit? Doesn't he always get the benefit of the doubt? It's like the Jordan rules. He gets the the Lewis Hamilton rules where he kind of can do shady things. And because he's Lewis Hamilton, because he's the GOAT, basically, he can do whatever he wants and kind of skate away punishment-free.
1: Well, I guess in that scenario, Verstappen, who is the young guy gunning for number one. I like Verstappen, by the way. Is he a bad guy? No.
0: I like his name. I kind of like his vibe.
1: You have not watched the show. Let me tell you something. (laughs) Max Verstappen is the ultimate villain If you like Max, if you're listening to this and you like Max Verstappen, I likely don't like you. Okay, Okay? he is, I think, sorry, Max, this is just based on what I saw on the show, insufferable. He's hyper competitive. He is so arrogant. And again- I have said this on the show before. I am a Daniel Ricciardo girl. I'm kind of uncomfortable with how much I love Daniel Ricciardo.
0: Feels and like that's a, a lot of people, though. Most people are, are Daniel Ricciardo people. I think it's because he's good looking and, you know, maybe Australian. Red Bull. He was probably cool in the series. Australian, that always is mysterious and cool, especially if, uh, if you're a dude who's kind of handsome. And, and uh, well, he's probably is he well, he's, he's probably not tall, seeing that he's an F1 driver. I was going to say tall, dark and handsome.
1: Can I tell you? I Googled him. And there are varying reports on Uh-oh. his height. It goes anywhere from 5'7 to 5'11. So we need to get on that. We need to confirm There's what his height is.
0: Huge difference between 5'7 and 5'11. Oh my goodness. I mean, 5'7 is like problem height. No, no offense to anybody out there. Like, I got a I got a friend who's five eight who's like, I'm average. I'm I'm the I'm the national average. He always says that to us. I'm like, cool, dude, you're still the shortest one of us all. Um and I'm not even that tall. I'm 5'10". But there's a big difference between my a friend and me, my 5'10 guy, like a 5'10 guy. I feel like I'm average. So 5'7", five, 5'11 five, is like the Grand Canyon of height gaps.
1: Do do me a favor right now, Google Daniel Ricardo height, and you're going to find anywhere from 5'7 to 5'11. I've seen articles in which he's listed as as 5'11, and then I've seen stat sheets basically that say he's actually 5'7. And I know that these drivers need to be smaller because you're in a vehicle, and if you obviously are thin, it's less weight. I don't know about aerodynamics and all that stuff, but I do know that... (laughs) <laughs> the way I view Daniel Ricardo may be a little different if he's 5'7", as opposed to
0: 5'11". See, we're getting a lot of meters in this, because, you know, Europe, what's right. up?
1: Yeah, um, European.
0: But the first thing that comes up is 5'11", uh, if right. you Google it now. But that there could be is some propaganda. 5'7". I
1: don't know. And I, I don't know, Steve, is this his program height, right? Or is, is he listing 5'11"? In shoes <laughs> yeah, with a little on it. Like, is this his program height? I don't know. He could actually be closer to five nine. Maybe it's somewhere. The truth is always somewhere in the middle. So maybe he's five nine.
0: I'm gonna put you on the spot.
1: Oh my god. Okay. Uh,
0: I guess I I can't use him as an example because if Danny Ricardo was like, "Hey Michelle, you want to go on a date?" You would say yes, whether he was five in five flat or I would six be kicking foot. everybody to matter. the curb. I'd be like, but "Sorry, like,
1: sorry, I'm going on a date with Danny."
0: Average guy out there. Because let's put this. You know, I, I'm I'm just interested in this. Average guy, good-looking dude. Um, two eights walked up to you at a bar, and two
1: eights. Okay. Two eights.
0: So like good-looking, but not like movie star hot, right? Can I stop you? Go ahead.
1: An eight in the face is what you're saying.
0: Overall, I guess personality, looks, you know, hair, family, right. the whole the whole thing is an eight, right? Okay. Excluding okay. height, but one of them is five seven, and one of them is five eleven. You're 100 percent not talking to the five seven guy, right?
1: No, I'll talk to him, but I'll likely talk to the 5'11 guy more, which is so unfair. I know. And we are not heightest on this podcast. We like like dudes of all shapes and sizes. I got ripped one time. And women, obviously. (laughs) (laughs) Women, yes. I wouldn't ignore the 5'7 guy at all. When it comes to things that I have been attracted to in people, it's personality, it's are you a kind-hearted person? Are you honest? Do you have a great smile? Smile to me is more important than anything. Um, physical at least.
0: Mm-hmm. And yeah, teeth, so yep, totally. Teeth, totally are, so,
1: teeth are so crucial. Yep. You know, I mean, if you're gonna spend the money on anything cosmetic, it's gotta be your teeth, right? Mm-hmm. Teeth are first on the list. But we all know that I like a big guy. We all we all know that if it comes down to it, I'm going to take someone who looks like a monster as yeah. opposed to someone who's small and perhaps delicate. We know that I am going to choose size, uh, a larger size when it comes to it. I. If I'm getting a regular sized man or someone who shops big and tall, we know that I'm going to be. A oh, big yeah. You're and
0: the tall. DXL guy for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Casual male XL. Michelle just hangs outside of DXL, like looking to pick up dudes. Where are you going? What I got uh, a yeah.
1: in, as a cashier. <laughs>
0: <laughs> just, just to get phone numbers. That would be amazing. That'd be uh, incredibly desperate of you, but, but it would be awesome. You yeah. know what I mean?
1: What if I was a stylist there and I was like, hey, try this shirt on. It, also, honestly, so
0: you'd probably pick up, especially if you did it in like a city or something, you'd probably pick up a lot of athletes. So I don't know. I think it's actually not a <laughs> terrible idea.
1: Um, well, anyway, so I know a lot of people who have dated guys who are shorter than them. And they don't think it's a big deal. I don't necessarily think it's a big deal as long as they're an awesome person. And, and listen, when it comes to physical stuff, there's always going to be something that if you were going to write it on a list, what you wanted somebody to look like physically something that in actuality, the person that you fall for does not have, you know, you fall, you fall for the person, not for what they look like.
0: Yeah. I mean, I've said this before. My wife, Maddie is not what my quote unquote type would be uh, which I think is actually a good thing because sometimes you can fall right. into these stupid traps and you get, you get tunnel vision on that, you know, actually meet someone that you want to be with. And it's right. just, it's and totally. now I look back and go, that's really stupid. Um, but I, I think the height thing is interesting because you said, Oh, you know, it, it's not a big deal. I think it is a big deal if one of the two people thinks it's a big deal though. You know, if neither of you care, then it's fine. But if, if the guy is always self-conscious about being short or the girl is always kind of feeling weird about being taller than your significant other than, than her boyfriend, then that's a problem. Like that just yeah, is a problem. Yeah, totally. So, you want to
1: feel comfortable. Yeah.
0: But I do have an off of your, uh, I have an update too. Cause I remember you said what offensive linemen were the best people to date cause they were the most fun. I mean, we're, we're having this conversation before. And I think Michael well, has been involved in this conversation. Give us some background on that, but I have an update so for you on that.
1: I was always told because I worked with a lot of football players. They always told me you have got to marry an offensive lineman. You are built to marry an offensive lineman, which, obviously which I, did, I did not do, but they're like, you like a big guy. you like to be protected. You like someone that's a really good time. Offensive linemen always know how to party. They're like, the guy that everybody really likes to kick it with. And I love to cook. And my love language is to feed people. And they're yeah. like, you need to, <laughs> to marry someone that you can just feed 24 seven. And that will be chill, but also can be the life of the party. So I worked with a lot of guys, uh, DeMarco Farr, who played for the Rams. I used to work with him. He'd always, I would always be baking and bring the guys in treats when I was a producer. And he was like, you have got to marry an offensive lineman. That has got to be destined for you.
0: So I bring this up and that's all very true, but I bring this up because we just had uh, David Bakhtiari, who is oh, the Packers nice. offensive tackle on Rosillo's pod. Great interview. Uh, we're talking about Aaron Rodgers. We talked to him about um, know, beers his, at like, the games. going to Colorado, chugging beers at Buck's team. That's actually one of the reasons we recently <laughs> had him on. So, but Ryan asked him about what position group on the team would be the best and the worst to hang out in any scenario right if you're going to go out and you know that this person's going to be cool no matter what the situation is what are the best and worst uh, positional categories to go out with and i think they all agree that cornerbacks should be the worst because they just are constantly in their own head they're constantly like you know every cornerback a receiver you know runs the wrong route and the quarterback throws it 20 yards over his head and they're out there just be like no not at my house and you're like dude that had nothing to do with you stop bragging stop celebrating this is so stupid um, but then Ryan was like, "Our offensive linemen actually the best guys because they're so adaptable. They're funny. They can roll in different circles." And I thought that I was like, "Yeah, it's, he's going to say yes. He's an offensive lineman." He said, "No." So the answer are, is actually tight ends. Tight ends oh, typically end. have the best of both worlds, I mean, they can like go to a club and get weird, um, or they can just go to a parent's house and chill in a backyard, drinking Bud Lights. They are actually the most versatile of all because typically mm. they're a little bit more slender too. They have, a, you know, sorry, they're not as attractive maybe. I mean, some tight ends are, are a little bit on the chubby side, but tight ends, you know, look Travis thick. Kelsey, George Kittle, they're thick, but they're actually in really great shape. Uh, as well. So he actually said tight ends would be the best group to go out with. So I was kind of surprised by that. Um, And I wanted your thoughts on that because I think he actually is right. And for him as an offensive lineman to say that offensive linemen aren't the number one uh, category, I think that's actually pretty impressive.
1: I agree with that. I could see tight ends as a whole, having a very high approval rating from a hang standpoint, because you're right. I think that They're popular enough, especially in today's game. Most people know and or love a a tight end that they have enough name recognition and star power to where they can walk in a club and turn it to a 10 if they need to, but they're also not the diva wide receiver to where it's all about them all the time. Me, me, me. So I think if you're going on the spectrum of it's all about you, this night is going to be all about you to I'm maybe an offensive lineman chilling in the corner, slamming bush lights by myself. Um, even though I don't think offensive linemen do that. I'm just using that as an example. Yeah, I think maybe a tight end, if wide receivers are a 10 and we're in this hypothetical, the offensive lineman is a one. I think the tight ends probably fall as like an eight on that spectrum, which is a pretty good number to hit.
0: Yeah, I would agree. I would agree. I think, uh, they catch passes, they can score some touchdowns, but also they do the dirty work, you know? So they're yes. not afraid to be flashy, but also do the hard work and stuff and get Throw in the, the trenches block. and yeah, get their hands dirty a little bit. So I, it was just an impressive answer to me and I just wanted your thoughts on that. But also David Bakhtiari, he also is, if you've ever seen him before, he is like yes. a, a clone of Khal from Game of Thrones. 100%. And he also, he's honestly probably bigger than Khal Drogo, which he's is massive. insane too. He's got the big ponytail, huge dude. Um, He definitely seemed like a cat. That, that dude was awesome.
1: Yeah, he seems like a great. I mean, he can slam a beer in record time. You know, he's a fun hang.
0: Yep, and his dad was slamming beers at the last game too. I like saw it's that. The, it obviously runs in the family. So you know, he's got a great family. So yeah, shout out to David Bakhtiari.
1: Shout out to David Bakhtiari. Well, that was a fun side rant as we do, but today is going to be Big the show. space pod. We're Big doing this the, the <laughs> space pod and all the topics that we have on deck, except for would you date a short guy slash offensive linemen, are they the best Hang, <laughs> have to do with space. We're going to give our official review of Space Jam. What's it called? A new legacy? Space Jam. New, new legacy, legacy. yep. Yeah, I'm just going to call it Spaceship 2 because I don't want to say the entire thing. So we're going to talk about Spaceship 2. We're going to talk about Jeff Bezos going to space. Saruti, huge space guy. Love space. Uh, we're going to do Saruti on space here in a minute. But I want to talk, Steve, first about self-awareness and also spatial awareness we always talk on this podcast about self-awareness and how it is the most important quality that you yep. can possibly have as a person. Yes. You want to be honest. Yes. You want to be kind. Yes. You want to be thoughtful and generous and considerate and all of these things and have integrity, whatever, a lot of things that you need to have. But I would say as far as social norms and really fitting in and being able to adapt in a lot of situations, you need to have some self-awareness. And I was sitting in a salon the other day and something was going down and I wrote it in the notes of my phone because I think even people with self-awareness, sometimes when it comes to things they love can lose self-awareness, case in point. I'm sitting there getting my nails done, I'm listening. There's a conversation between someone who works at the salon and the client, the customer about their daughter, new baby. And some photos are being shown, okay? And the responses go from, oh, cute, so cute, to cute, cute. Yeah. Oh, that's cute. Which in any situation, once the tone goes from cute exclamation to cute period, you know, you've extended, you're welcome there. Okay. You've shown one too many photos. That's when you need to take the phone and put it away. And this continued on for a while until I could tell the person had just totally run out of gas and wasn't even really responding anymore. And I thought about that. And I have been in situations with people, whether it's their dog or their baby, or maybe it's a house renovation or something, where it's very important to you and you really, really care about it. And your friend or the person you're speaking to has a modicum of care about it, but generally is just making conversation and you lose all self-awareness in that moment and you don't know when to stop talking about it.
0: Yeah. I suffer from this all the time, all the time, because as you know, I'm not a baby person. I'm just not, I'm sorry. Especially infants. Like they're just, they're potatoes. I've said this before. They're not yeah, cute. Right. I mean, if your baby is cute, it's in like the one percentile or whatever. Oh, well, It would be the 99 percentile. Right. I don't know. Whatever the math is on that um, because they're just not. And you know, people go down the, the wormhole of like, look at this picture. Let's swipe, swipe, swipe. And they keep swiping. You're like, Hey, one picture. I'm, I'm not going to be, the, I'm not the dick. Who's going to be like, I don't even want to see one picture. I'll entertain you with one baby, two pictures. Mm-hmm of a baby. But if we go beyond that, I'm like, well, what do we do? Okay, cool. There's a new toy. Now there's a new outfit. None of this. Like ca- none of this I care about. I don't
1: care. No, of course not. You're um, totally, over you know,
0: it. wake me up when they have motor skills and they're maybe walking and could throw a ball around or they could at least make a couple of sentences that make sense to me and have a decent conversation. <laughs> right. Otherwise I'm not that interested. Okay. Um, so I'm totally with you on this and the dog thing is a different story. I think, uh, the dog thing, With other dog owners or dog people, you have to kind of read the room. But again, this goes back to awareness. If you know that this person has dogs or likes dogs or whatever, yeah, by all means, and kind of read their reactions, see what their deal is. But obviously, they're probably going to enjoy dogs. But if it's not a dog person, chances are, you know, be one and done on the dog pick. Don't even bring it up, honestly, because I know dog people that don't have dogs aren't interested in anybody else's dog. There's a reason they don't have a dog. They're not really dog or pet people. So you just have to read the room, but I'm always surprised by how little how little awareness people, you know, like back in the day, you probably don't know this. you you probably do, but not as much as I do necessarily, but in Madden, you know, you get our video games, right. There's jumping, catching, throwing, you get a grade from zero to a hundred, right. One that's really important too, is your awareness rating, so your spatial awareness rating or your um, defensive awareness or your offensive awareness. Right. And it's a really important attribute because without that, you know, that like, if a guy has like 50 catching, but he has like 99 awareness, That's like your, I don't know, maybe your Wes Welker type, right? He just, he knows where to be at the right time. He's always good. And that guy is really valuable in football. And then in life, I kind of wish we assigned awareness ratings to people in real life, just so you would know how unaware you were at times about things. And you can correct it. Because the problem I think that with this situation, the one that you just brought up is that that woman probably has no idea that she that she's None. bothering anyone. And no. other than you being a dick and saying, hey, I don't care about your baby. She's never going to learn that she's the problem. So I don't actually right. understand. I don't have a solution other than to be a dick or to give out ratings for people for how bad or good they are at awareness.
1: Right. This is, I love this conversation. And Space Pod, she's in your space, right? Yeah. It's not like there's a block button and you can block her from talking yeah, to you. Yeah, unsubscribe. She, unsubscribe, <laughs> the unroll thing where it's just mm-hmm. un, unsubscribe you from everything. Swipe up, which, we're good. Next next reel. Let's go. So she's in your space. You're holding her phone likely and she's swiping for you. And it's just a very tough situation to get out of. If you don't want to talk to someone, Steve, or there's content that you don't like, what do you do? You block them. You block that content. You mm-hmm. mute it. Unsubscribe. for. I wish. Are a you a Twitter, Twitter muter? Oh, I mute everyone. See, I there, don't. I only block people if A, you say something perverted, B, you say something hateful, or C, I'm afraid of you, which happens a lot. Fair. If I go in my messages and I see that you have sent, responded or sent me personal messages and I've never responded and there's like 30 in there, I'm afraid of you. So you like- Again, awareness.
0: Don't, don't send double digit messages without a response. See, there
1: are people that will send me personal messages about things going on in their life or things that they think that they know about my life, which is very scary. I I appreciate that you listen to the content and it resonates with you and you feel like you know me, but to think that you would see that I've never responded to you and send these very personal things to me. We're just going to mute that or block that. We're not going to engage with that, but then you'd be surprised how many people, if I block them one way, try to to talk to us another (laughs) way,
0: create a second account. (laughs) Yeah.
1: It's just zero self-awareness, Start doing it on
0: Instagram now? And they were on Twitter and then they migrated to Instagram.
1: Zero self-awareness. But in that situation, I'm in control. If I don't want to speak to you or if, if Steve, you're throwing up content that I don't like, I can mute you. I can block Mm -hmm. you. IRL, we don't have that option. We don't have a screen in front of us where I could say, enough baby pictures. I'm going to go ahead and mute this. This is not content that I want right now. Or if you're getting too close to me and I don't like it, block. We -hmm. need something like that in real life. I was thinking about this too. If you don't have the mental capacity to pick up self-awareness, it should be taught to you. We're taught we can it about be? adulting one-on-one. I think maybe when you get a job, in addition to safety training and harassment training and all these things, maybe there's a self-awareness training that they say, hey, if you're eating tuna in the office, and a lot of people are commenting loudly on how badly it smells in here, yep, that's your hard boiled
0: eggs." That's Mm -hmm. your
1: cue that you're the issue and that maybe you shouldn't do that anymore. You know how with phishing, you have to do the phishing exercises so you can identify phishing content to not put the company in um, a bad security situation. There needs to be one of those videos where you have to click through and figure out if you're the problem in the scenario.
0: Okay. All on the surface, I agree with you, but the problem is, I think this is a nature versus nurture conversation. I don't know if you can be taught awareness it's like can you be taught can Tom Brady be taught the intangibles that make him a great quarterback I don't think so I think you're just kind of born with that shit in the same way that you're just kind of born being like an airhead and not understanding social cues and part of this is maybe you're shamed into learning right yeah um, but then you know say you're the person right looking at the baby and you go hey this is too many baby pictures. you need to chill out with this you're going to be the dick right even yeah. though you're actually not a dick you're just helping this person to have better awareness of because other people probably feel the same way as you do, but you're actually perceived as a dick in this scenario. So I would argue the same thing as like the compliance training stuff that companies do and stuff where it's like, don't sexually harass people. It's like, I kind of feel like that's really basic shit. Either you, either you just know that, or you don't know that you shouldn't have to be taught that. It's very, I mean, I know there's somebody in HR who's going to tell me that I'm wrong and I'm not, and I'm not an expert on this. So I've probably gone too far down this rabbit hole anyway, but it's like, what's that old, um, what's that old, uh, I think it was like a senator or something that their description for porn was just, you just know it when you see it. That's kind of yeah. how I feel. You just know it's wrong when when you know it's wrong or you don't and you don't have any awareness. So I'm not sure that this should just be taught by some kind of seminar.
1: But I think at least we should try to help people. Maybe. And listen, there, there are instances where we could use some self-awareness training. Everybody could. Yeah, nobody's perfect. One of those skills that we should all be trying to finely tune. But I was just listening to that go down and you're right. The picture shower was the one that made the situation awkward. If the picture viewer was to call it out, she's the asshole.
0: Yep. It's totally unfair. Even Even though
1: there's side texts going on about the picture show,er being like, my God, I had to look at 500 photos of her baby again. There's side combos happening about it, but no one wants to be the one to actually call them out.
0: Yeah, if you polled 100 people, the majority would be on the person who's looking at the picture side being like, this is enough. But not enough people would speak up in that situation. That is what we are as social beings now. I think that happens a lot on Twitter and social media is that they'll see some opinion out there and people are too afraid to actually stand up for it because I think that they're going to perceive that people aren't going to like them if they speak the truth or or their truth or their opinion on a matter. So they just stay silent or they even lie about what they actually like, which is really shitty because it, it creates misconceptions about what is actually right and what is actually wrong. Uh, so I don't know. It's a tricky situation. If I would never blame someone, if they're like, Hey, stop showing me pictures on your phone. Like, I'm sorry. And if I'm close enough with someone and they're doing that to me, I won't have a problem doing that. I can do it. I do it to Maddie all the time. And Maddie actually has really great social awareness. And I like to think I do too, but every once in a while you got to check yourself. But if we do that because we're comfortable with each other, you don't do that to strangers.
1: Yeah, until we get the AI to where you get a mute in, in real life, I think we're just going to have to deal with it. I don't think Or like
0: you, somebody's got to create some sort of social app where every interaction that you have with someone, you grade them after the fact, you give them like a scale. I think there was a Black Mirror episode that was similar to this. Um, I would love that. But it was like a social app where every interaction that you had, you gave someone like one to five stars, right? So in it's that like, situation, yep. and it was anonymous, so you wouldn't really know, even though you probably would know in that scenario, but you would leave feedback and you would grade this person based on how your encounter was. Uh, that's kind of weird utopian shit, but it actually might kind of work.
1: But wouldn't you like to read the reviews on you? Wouldn't you like to go back and be like, Saruti, very funny. Love his takes a little pessimistic at times. Yeah,
0: not, <laughs> not pretty impatient. And I could be like, yeah. you know what? You know what? That's fair. That is that is fair. fair. That is fair. Totally. I actually feel like I would take the feedback really well. Um,
1: Well, don't we get that? I get that with my show every day. I have a live feed coming through every day on the show that people tell me what they like and what they don't like. We have reviews on our podcast. I think in media, we're numb to it because we get feedback 24 seven that we don't ask for. We don't solicit the feedback, but we're going to get people's opinions on what we do. So I think that we are more comfortable with the idea of a rating because yeah. we're getting ratings specifically every
0: negative because usually yeah. it's negative when it's on social media. It's like, Oh Super yeah, it nice. sucks. Okay. Yeah, sure. Yeah.
1: I mean, I get DMS all the time from people being like, I can't believe you said this about the Cardinals. I'm like, okay, great. Well, thank you for listening. Yeah. Appreciate um, it. Tune in next some, week. But some people bring up great points though, that I hadn't thought of, you True. know, and maybe on your personal reviews, people are going to bring up points about you that you're not even aware that you're doing.
0: Listen, we don't need more social media, but if we did, this is the idea of how to do that and how to solve those problems. People would still find a way to lack awareness. So again, I think this is just a nature or nurture thing at the heart of the problem.
1: Is this another billion-dollar baby we've birthed on this week's podcast? I
0: know we're just out here giving out ideas, no big deal.
1: I mean, can we get some some VC some funding. funding or what? <laughs> yeah. Where's our VC, Shelley's at? Hope well, we're, we're
0: about to talk about Jeff Bezos, so maybe we could uh, we could pitch him on this.
1: Okay, perfect segue, Saruti. This segment we like to call Saruti on space. Space with Saruts, (laughs) however you want to do it. So Jeff Bezos, of course, Amazon billionaire, richest dude, we all know him. So he rocked it. Super unlikable, yep. He rocketed into space. Um, His crewed flight was called New Shepard. It was a a spacecraft and it was a suborbital flight. And this has gotten a lot of conversation about people wondering about the launch and it was a private launch site, the whole deal. So I'm not even going to get into it, but this lasted about, what, 10 minutes, Saruti, the entire suborbital flight that Bezos was on. It was very short, but the floor is yours. It's space with Cerruti.
0: Yeah, I appreciate it. We should do this more often because I do love space. But oddly enough, I want to talk about this because I thought this Jeff Bezos thing was such a non-story. Uh, my buddies and I were texting about it this morning and my friend Mike was like, what, he said, one, are you watching? And two, would you be interested in space travel? I'll get to the next part, the second part of that question in a second. But I said, no, I'm not interested in, interested in this at all. And he was like, wow, you love space. You yeah. Interstellar is your favorite movie. I, I love sci-fi docs. I love black hole docs. I love Neil deGrasse Tyson. This should be my thing, right? But- why should I get excited about Jeff Bezos playing just the tip in space? And why why is that a big deal for me? I don't understand why that's a big deal. He wasn't even really in space. Okay. He didn't even do an orbit. And on top of that, we landed on the moon in 1969. It's 2021. Why am I getting worked up about a guy barely touching space, barely, and then coming right back down? Now, I know this is going to be like a, it was sort of an exploratory thing, and it's obviously a privately funded, non-NASA space sort of mission. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. It's hard for me to get worked up and excited about this when we've done this shit fifty years ago. You know, we should be on Mars by now. We should be exploring different galaxies by now. We should be right. like—I just feel like we haven't. And I know a lot of this is, is due to NASA funding. I know NASA funding is not super popular right now, and I understand there's a lot of there's other problems, but I do think. The space race and science is always a good investment, you know, because you just you just learn a lot of shit. And yes, it is expensive. But I do think it is a really good thing to have for any sort of society. So I'm happy that it gets funded. And I actually am happy that it that is being privatized now by Bezos and obviously the SpaceX program with uh, Elon Musk. Speaking of, by the way, two just incredibly unlikable dudes in, in Bezos. I don't even dislike them, but it seems like everybody hates Bezos and, and uh, Elon Musk. I don't know, whatever. I guess It tends ever... to
1: happen when you're incredibly wealthy.
0: Everybody hates billionaires. Now, I'm not going to get into that, but I, I don't really subscribe to that. Although Bezos did have an incredibly cringeworthy quote after it today. I don't know if you heard. He was like, I just want to thank all the employees at Amazon and all the people that buy products from Amazon because you help pay for this. And you're like, dude, like, come on. There's that's a lot great. of other shit yeah. that's going on that maybe you shouldn't say that. But, but anyway, maybe that's Real why quick. he's divorced.
1: Real quick, he said that. Is it going to stop anyone from ordering something on Prime? No, no.
0: because he's he's got a great company and he has a great idea and he's allowed to do whatever he wants. And that's That's capitalism. I don't want to tell you. I'm not going to have a capitalism (laughs) market is what it is. This is is space with Sarut's. And all I have to say is I'm just incredibly underwhelmed by this entire thing. Maybe it's going to lead towards bigger things, another moon landing, maybe going to Mars or other things that have to do with space. But I have to say, I'm not going to get excited. Like, wake me up until we do something better than what we already did in 1969.
1: Yeah, it doesn't seem like this was met with a lot of fanfare.
0: No. Who is excited about a super rich guy just because he has so much money going to space? Like, I get why that's not really a huge turn on for the average guy. For the For the average middle to lower class person, they're like, hey, dude, fuck you. We're trying to figure out our, our situation. It's been a tough year for everybody. And yeah. you're just like, hey, I'm in space. This is awesome. I have so much money because I, I don't even know what to spend on it. So I'm going to spend it on going to space. I get why that wouldn't really play in 2021.
1: I couldn't agree more. So- Few things annoy me more than people getting mad at how other people spend their money. Yep. I don't care how you spend your money. Jeff Bezos, if You created this awesome company that I certainly pay for, and you want to live out some childhood fantasy and go to space because you have the means to do it. Great. Yeah. I hate the people that fire off the tweet, like, imagine the hungry people he could feed. Well, of course, but guess what? Are you not getting a five-dollar latte because you're giving money to feed the homeless? No, you're spending your money the way that you want to. And I also hate when people get so mad about college athletes and the whole- NIL stuff? Whole, well, just they should stay in school and get an education. Like, oh. what, why do you care about someone you never exactly. met in education? Exactly. Why do you care about Jeff Bezos spending his money? Worry about your own stuff. And trust me, we all have enough to worry about. But I do think, again, the self-awareness, Jeff Bezos has mm-hmm. zero. He has absolutely zero self-awareness. He's rich enough that he doesn't have to have any self-awareness. Um, but I do think that this whole thing was unnecessary- From a pub standpoint, if he's going to privatize this space exploration and it ends up leading to something big, awesome. Great. You do you. I have no doubt that he's going to put a lot of resources into it and something cool may come of it. And that's fine. I couldn't care less. I wouldn't even have read about this, Steve, if we weren't doing Space with Roots.
0: There you go. Okay. Second part of this. So we're we're both aligned there. I think most people probably would be. Uh, But the second part of the question was, because part of, I think, what he wants to do is he wants to... I don't know if it's him or Elon or just generally, uh, they want to make space. You could go to vacation in space, right? You could take a trip to space. Travel destination. Yeah. Um, And that was what my friend asked. And I was like, absolutely. I would love to vacation in space or take a trip to space at some point. I mean, I don't know if that kind of technology, I mean, you know, we're in our mid thirties. I don't know if that kind of technology is really going to exist at an affordable price during our lifetime. But if it was hell yeah, I'd want to go to space. So where are you on, on that? Because I think that would be super fun. I mean, I'll tell you this, I wouldn't want to just play just the tip and then come back down. Like I'd want to go to a planet or at least do a couple of orbits um, yeah. if I'm paying a ton of money to go into space, but I would definitely be interested in, in just a, like a civilian space mission.
1: Yeah. So Rudy wants full penetration into space.
0: Yeah, no, I, yeah, I want to be all up in there. No big deal.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Um, here's my take on space. I'm good. I'm good on space. You know, well, I don't is, are you
0: scared? It. Or is it you're just not interested?
1: It doesn't seem super enjoyable to me because you have to wear all this heavy gear, you're floating around, you you're losing a lot of your motor skills and the things that you're comfortable with. And you're eating things that are in packets that it doesn't seem very delicious. When I go on vacation- You're not going to
0: space for the food, Michelle. Like, let's be be honest.
1: Well, I'm just saying, when I go on vacation, I want to relax. I want to have a great meal. I want to be in control of things. Just like we talked about wanting to mute people IRL. On vacation, if I'm doing something and I don't like it, boom, we're out. If I want to take a nap, guess what we're doing? We're napping. In space, you can't do that. Your space is bitch. Space is going to dictate the terms of everything. And I don't like that. That doesn't sound like a vacation- for your girl. So no, I'm good on space. I can go ahead and- and scroll through your photos, Steve, when you return from space. Okay.
0: Well, what's funny is I don't know if you saw, but, you know, did you see the video of Bezos? I don't know if it was Bezos specifically, but it was an image of, of their shuttle looking back down at Earth. And he was like, oh, look at the view. And all it was was a bunch of gray blobs you could not even see anything. It was a terrible view, actually. <laughs> oh, um, so,
1: it looked like a rainstorm or something. <laughs> yeah.
0: I mean, it, it looked like nothing. I mean, right. I, listen, I mean, I'm sure if you're an actual astronaut and you get into orbit and you can see sort of the curvature of the planet and kind of, you know, the sun and how it aligns with the moon and all the other things out there, like that's probably really freaking sick you could see a million photographs of that but until you see it in person it's just like you know you could look at a photograph of some famous piece of art but until you see it or like the Grand Canyon or whatever uh, until you actually see it in person it's not going to be the same right so I understand that but I think it would be really really fun and you know, it doesn't surprise me, though, because you're not a cruise person. So I guess this, this would just no. be like a more high-tech version of a cruise, except it's more limited. You can't do anything. It's not like you're going swimming. You're basically yeah. just surviving for a couple right. there's of no, days.
1: There's no gambling in space. Yeah. I mean, we're not yeah. we're not diving for rings at the pool and getting you know free vouchers for snacks Yeah, later. like
0: maybe if they made it more like... Um,
1: there's no conga line in Like space.
0: a sci- science fiction thing where there's a casino on there. Like you ever see that movie Passengers with... Uh, no, it wasn't a great movie, so. but it was with... Chris Pratt and Jennifer Lawrence. And they were on this. It was basically like a space cruise line and they woke up in the middle of the travel and things were going wrong, was all fucked up, but it was like a luxury yacht in space. That oh, would cool. be cool. That would be sick. Um, Obviously we're nowhere near finding that, but I would just go up there for a couple of days and come back down. And I would be super pumped.
1: It would likely cost you your entire life savings. Would you still? Yeah, know? no,
0: it, in our lifetime, it's not going to happen. I mean, unless, unless AMC to the moon, uh, <laughs> both literally and figuratively hits, then, and by the way, we've, we've rebounded. We had a, a rough couple of weeks and we have rebounded okay. for the last couple of days. So we're kind of back. We're still holding strong. Um, I meant to tell
1: you, I talked to our guy and he said to hold. He said still good. hold. Okay. Yeah, I've, I haven't sold. More surge. I have I haven't not sold either. I'm checking right now. It was As up today. today. Oh yeah, we're up. We are up today. It's All down right. from,
0: I mean, it, I think it peaked at like 70 bucks a share. Yeah. I think it's where around 40 now.
1: Some people think hundred dollars a share is still feasible.
0: Listen, diamonds, that's all I have to say. But uh, unless that actually it. happens, there's a good chance I'm never going to space. But if given the opportunity, if I won some sort of lottery thing, hell yeah, I'd be up there.
1: All right. Well, that concludes Space with Saru. It's great stuff from you, Steve. I didn't even think about the fact that it was just the tip. And by the way, his rocket did look very phallic.
0: Yeah, that was, uh, I saw Big Cat tweeted out something like, you know, congrats on your massive overcompensation, which is very <laughs> true. Uh, I mean, <laughs> it's just, if you're going to make a rocket, they generally do look like dicks. Try not to make it look exactly like a dick. I mean, it had a tip on it. I mean, it was just, it was a mess. I don't know. I mean, I'm sure there's a scientific reason why it looked that way. But if you have that much money, I'm going to try as hard as possible to not make my rocket look like a dick.
1: Yeah, it was very Dr. Evil.
0: Yeah, yeah. It very
1: much was. Okay, well, to conclude the space episode, this is the space pod. Both of us, we watched Space Jam 2. We watched Space Jam 2, A New Legacy, starring the one, the only LeBron James, And I don't even know how to tackle this, Steve, because I texted you. I watched it on Friday. You know, I had a little bit of downtime before I was going to the Cardinals game. I'm like, you know what? This just got released on HBO Max. I'm going to throw this on. Or maybe it was Saturday, whatever day. And within the first 10 minutes, I was firing off a text to you. And by the way, I also think we should bring back our quarantine rating system, the cigarettes. How many heaters are we going to give Space Jam 2? So I don't know if you want to take the floor first and just give your thoughts or you want me to give mine and then we give our official ratings. You tell me how you want to proceed with this.
0: Let's save the ratings for the end. How about we do that? Okay. Let's just talk it through. First and foremost, first one, iconic movie. Both of us were in that perfect age bracket where we grew up and that was the shit. And if you look back, it, it actually wasn't a great movie, uh, but it was nostalgic. You watch your mouth. You
1: watch your it mouth. It wasn't a great movie. It, it, it yes,
0: wasn't. wasn't. It, Michael Jordan didn't really do any acting in it. And that's fine. And that's fine. He didn't
1: fine. need to. He didn't no, need I know.
0: To. This isn't even a criticism. I'm just pointing out facts. It wasn't a great movie, but it was fun for when it came out. The soundtrack was fucking incredible. I mean, even oh just the, the you know, get like it's, you hear that and you're just fired up. I mean, even so all right. the other songs on the entire album is great
1: um i believe i can fly r kelly a little
0: bit controversial <laughs> in today's age but yeah that was a big deal growing up right that song was incredible oh, so good. uh so i grew up i love the looney tunes you know everyone had looney tunes bed sheets and th- different things like that did they? i did at least um I, well, I i shouldn't say that i had the space jam ones with the, with the looney tunes on them yeah. and you know whatever I, I was right in that perfect age bracket
1: listen so listen, i'm listen. not judging i had little mermaid it's fine
0: so any any time that you're going to be compared to this is why I just thought it didn't make any sense to remake this movie, not remake it, but make a new version because it was never going to live up to the hype of the first one, never, ever. Wow. And it had been so long that you have to do sequels really quickly after the first one, after the first movie comes out. Otherwise, what is it? Um, Dr. Dre, remember he's had to release an album. I forget what it was called, but he was the he chronic. there's no, but he released the Chronic, and then there was a Chronic 2001, and then for like two decades it's been. It, when is Dr. J's new album going to come out? And it, uh, yeah. Dr not, what am I saying? Dr. Dre, Dr. Dre, his new album is supposed to come out and it hasn't come out. And because there's too much hype around it, he can't even release it now because it just would not live up to the hype. Right. And I kind of feel that way about space jam, but my first watch through this whole thing, I had zero expectations. I thought this thing was going to be absolutely terrible. I'm looking at the IMDB rating and it's what it's a four. I think it's a four now, which is pretty much the lowest I've ever seen of any movie I've ever watched. I mean, that's bad territory for perspective. That's like one to 10. I mean, Like a bad movie is like a five, and this one got below a four. So, I mean, it's clearly not well-received. Now, some of that is probably because of the LeBron hate. But I just have to say, Michelle, the first hour was atrocious. It was atrocious. It was everything LeBron is as a person into a movie. Mm -hmm. All about name grabs and him trying to prop himself up, calling himself the king. I mean, there was one line where his coach when he was like eight was like, LeBron, you have the you have the ability to like be an all time great player and you have the ability to change the game forever. And I'm like he's telling this to an eight year old. That is yeah. so insane. But it's so LeBron. It is so freaking LeBron. So the first hour is basically a promotional piece for LeBron and Warner Brothers to tell everyone how great they are. And at the halfway point, I'm like, well, this movie sucks. Like, I'm ready to pretty much cave it in. And I actually kind of liked the second half of the movie. I thought it kind of had my attention. I thought it was funny. I thought once, once they introduced some of the other characters. Once I thought they played basketball. They played basketball. The Looney Tunes got a little bit more involved. The game with his kid was kind of fun. So I would give the first hour a zero out of 10. And I would give the second hour like a, a five out of 10. So I guess a 2.5 overall for the thing. So what are we? our cigarettes are one, one to five, right? One
1: to five, correct. One to
0: five. So I guess two and a half. Two, no, it would be. One 2.5 heaters. 1.25 yeah, no, heaters. I'll, 1. I'll give it one and a half heaters. How about that? It one just, it heaters. was a terrible start. It was all promotional. And the second half was kind of okay. And kind of saved it a little bit.
1: I couldn't agree more. I texted you within the first 10 minutes. And I you said, did. this entire thing is just pumping LeBron's tires. And we didn't have enough time to do this because I'm going out of town tomorrow on a work trip for the entire day slash night. So I didn't have time. We wanted to get a, the taping done before then. And I didn't have time to do this. But I still may do it because we here at Small Talk are all about the facts. And I want to put the research behind this. And I've seen Space Jam 1 many times. And you're right. Michael Jordan doesn't talk a lot in it. And he doesn't necessarily need to. And when he does talk, it's not all about him being the greatest. It's implied that he's the greatest. And that's why he is being enlisted to help the Looney Tunes. But the first 10 minutes of the movie, I almost turned it off. Because the entire thing was all about LeBron and all about how great he is. As you mentioned, the thing with his coach, you're a a once-in-a-generation type talent, LeBron. You're going to change the game. Okay, he just missed the last shot.
0: Yeah, he's Uh, eight. He's eight. You can't tell that at age eight. Sorry.
1: Sorry, you can't. Then, um, you know, when Don Cheadle is algae rhythm and he is identity, first of all, there was no flow to that. It was just, we're going to introduce this algae rhythm character and he's trying to find LeBron and it just felt so clunky and without. Sarah a Silverman was
0: there for some reason. Sarah oh, Silverman sure, was there I haven't seen her in a while, but good for you.
1: The whole thing was just, it was bad acting and I love Don Cheadle, don't get me wrong, but it, it hot just, take.
0: I thought LeBron was a better actor than Don Cheadle in the movie. I thought Don Cheadle was oh. weirdly bad, I, and he—you're right—he is a great actor, so it's very strange. But
1: I thought Bugs Bunny outacted all of them. I thought oh, Bugs for sure. was cu- yeah. The Looney Tunes the was the star. best
0: part of the movie. I, there's no yeah. doubt about it.
1: Bugs was by far the star <laughs> of the show, but then when Don Cheadle's like talking about LeBron and he's like, he is the king. He's more than an athlete. Look at all his social media following. He's got this, this approval rating. I'm watching this going, how could you as LeBron? And we know that LeBron, his production company funded this, but how could you watch that and be like, yeah, this is the route we should take. Mm -hmm. This is what we should do is just tell everybody how great I am the entire time. also again back to the self-awareness you need to have people around you that will tell you the truth you need to have people around you that will check you the fact that warner brothers could watch this and be like hey lebron you're not an awesome actor when you're putting your, your arm around the kid when his video game was deleted and you're like adversity is what happens in life son okay someone needs to be like yo lebron You obviously want to remake this because you idolize Michael Jordan and you are the next coming of him. And this is something that you think is the next step for you. Let's look at the path that Jordan created and let's tone down the acting. Let's remove yourself a little bit from this and highlight what you're great at, which is playing basketball. Mm -hmm. And I just wish that he had some more people around him on any side of this, whether it was Spring Hill or Warner Brothers or whatever, to be like, hey, LeBron, money talks, wealth whispers. And if you want to be the greatest, you don't have to talk yeah. about how you're the greatest all the it's time. A great point. It's It's so unnecessary. And I think it shows his insecurity about a lot of people thinking that Michael Jordan is still the greatest, because if it didn't bother him, he wouldn't have to talk about how he's the greatest all the time.
0: Yeah. LeBron is definitely the kind of guy that is like, oh, ignore the haters, but reads all of the, the comments about him, you know, all the negative attention because he loves it and he can't get enough of it. And I think it's an excellent point by you. The two things that I took from both movies were the first one was, I said, it's not a great movie, but it is because Jordan is so freaking cool because he doesn't care about being, he doesn't care about the promotional shit. I mean, I'm sure he liked making the money. I'm sure that was a part of it, but I don't think he cared about everyone talking about how great he was throughout the entire movie. You just knew Jordan was great because he's in the freaking movie and the movie is about him. Okay. The new legacy version we know you're great, dude. You call you're yourself amazing. the king. You know, we know you're great. And this is this is where I, I think I got into this on last week's pod. I appreciate LeBron the basketball player because I there are elements of his game where I'm like, this dude is better than Jordan. The IQ for the game. Like, I don't know if his drive and win necessarily is there because Jordan was probably the most elite at that of all time. But if we're talking passing, vision, all this shit. Whatever the peak version of LeBron on the basketball court is, he's unbelievable and maybe the best boss, basketball player of all time. But Off the court, and I'm not even getting into any of the political or social stuff. He just, he wants so bad to be liked by everyone, even though he says he doesn't. I remember when he tried to sort of embrace the villain role in Miami and it never really fit him. He just is a guy that likes to be told how awesome he is all the time. And I think that you saw that in the movie. It was just a, it was a legacy thing for LeBron and we already knew all this shit, man. You think Jordan would ever make a movie where someone calls him the GOAT? Like Jordan never talks about being the GOAT because he is the GOAT. That's why, you know? And you're right. Being silent about wealth or fame or skill or whatever is always way more badass than telling everyone how cool and how awesome you are. And Sean Fennessy, who works with us at the ringer, I think he had a great tweet about it, was the difference between the two movies is just one guy is great and the other guy really cares about being liked. And that's, that's kind of, I think, the overall theme behind the second Space Jam. And again, I, I enjoyed the second half. I wasn't even worried about LeBron, the actor. I didn't care about whether or not. I knew LeBron wasn't going to be a good actor. I actually thought he was a better actor in Trainwreck. I thought he was kind of funny in that movie. I agree. Um, But I don't think he's a great actor. But it's more of the dialogue of and constantly being reminded and hit over the head with the fact that LeBron's great. LeBron's the GOAT. That really, really put me off in the first hour,
1: but I agree with you. I thought the second half really rebounded. I thought there were some funny lines. I also thought Don Cheadle had a couple good one-liners. I loved the part where he was talking about how LeBron left Cleveland. He left Miami, and then he was like, "Watch out, Lakers!" Yep. You know. I thought that there was a couple a couple self deprecating lines about LeBron, yep. which I appreciated. And the Looney Tunes obviously stole the show as they should. I loved the different NBA and WNBA stars that were worked in. We needed more Clay
0: Thompson. Well, yeah, you I, I know would, me yeah. that's my guy we needed more clay thompson i'm sorry we just did right
1: um and i love it obviously you think
0: Diana like being a snake too by the way i don't know if i, I, I would like that oh,
1: actually that's a good call i don't yeah. i don't know if she did it. well she probably was just like this is awesome that i am included in the space jam movie You yeah. know, i think any basketball player that gets to participate in space jam how sick is that right um but that's a good question i didn't even think about that but even the way that they were introduced, where it was the kids scanning them for the video mm-hmm. game, you know, just none of it really connected for me. It just didn't feel like an effortless storyline the way the Michael Jordan one did. And so with all that being said, I did appreciate that it rebound. Oh, also one more thing, Zendaya, love, love Zendaya. I think she is incredible. Um, love Euphoria, love Malcolm and Marie. I just think she's an incredible actress. Where are you on her being the voice of Lola Bunny? Because I could only see and hear her the entire time and oh. couldn't really focus on Lola. I love that she was involved because again, I'm a big fan, but I just kept picturing her anytime that Lola would open her bunny mouth.
0: This, I'm a terrible person to ask because I, I don't know anything about her. I couldn't tell you what her voice sounds like. So terrible. But my thing with the Lola Bunny stuff is I know they like these, de- is this a word? Desexualized? What What's the word I'm looking for, right? They basically know, made understand. her less, I don't know, sexual than she was in the first one. Because, you know, like look, growing up, Little Bunny, like that was like kind of the joke. It was like, Lo, was Little Bunny sneaky hot in the first movie? Like, yeah, kind of. Um, and they definitely didn't do that in this one, which I think is fine. But it's just, it's just funny. But no, I don't know Zendaya and I don't really know enough about her to know. The one thing I'll add to that too, though, is speaking of her and all the other famous cameos in there, it did feel like it was very much a Warner Brothers LeBron open up my Rolodex. Whose number do I have in my phone? Who could I look cool to, to put in this movie? The only one that I thought was funny and I actually saw it coming was the Michael B. Jordan being mistaken for Michael Jordan and calling him. Yeah. We couldn't get Michael A. Jordan. So we got Michael B. Jordan. It I did got- laugh. That was a very, very funny line.
1: I agree. I thought that was good. So overall, there were some parts of, of it that I really liked. You know what else I thought? I thought the animation and oh, was great. Um, the graphics were incredible. Even the um, the universe like when lebron was going through with bug's bunny and they were stopping off at harry potter world and um Westeros
0: Westeros yep.
1: thank you i um, couldn't think of it but i thought that that Mad was Max really...
0: well, that was the weirdest one of all
1: lebron with the mohawk i thought it that was really funny and really well done and i thought that they did a great job from an animation just the entire digital presentation i thought was outstanding yeah. So there were some parts that I liked about it. And I did think there were some funny lines and anything involving the Looney Tunes, I'm of course in, but I just thought the entire thing was once again, LeBron trying to be Jordan. And I wish that he would have done a movie that did that Jordan didn't do first. I kind of wish that he would have made his own thing and been a pioneer, which he has been in so many ways. Don't get me wrong. He's done obviously way more social activism things than Michael Jordan ever did. He is such a mogul, his entire production company, all of these great things that he's doing. And I'm not trying to diss him in any way with that because I think what he's been able to do is so admirable and remarkable. But it was never going to be as good as the first one. I think he kind of put himself in a position to absorb all of this criticism and props to them for winning the box office. I thought it was great, but I kind of wish he would have just done his own basketball movie, done something completely unique to him. And with all of that being said, I couldn't get over the self-promotion. So I'm giving it two heaters. I'm getting, I'm a high scorer. Sorry, we know me. this. I know. Cause I did. There were a lot of aspects that I did like about it. And I did think that it bounced back in the second half, but I mean, I don't know if I've ever given anything lower than three heaters on this podcast. So that tells you where I sit on it.
0: Everything you said is fair. The one thing that I that I thought about too is we're always kind of prisoners of ex- of expectations for things, sure. and certainly there was just no way this was going to live up to the hype. But for for LeBron's entire career, he never did the dunk contest because I understand why he never did the dunk contest because he was just never going to live up to the hype. Like if he didn't win the thing with all fifties, that like he was going to get criticized, and the dunk contest has become this thing where it's just it's not even that fun anymore. Um, so I understand why he didn't do that, but I almost think trying to reduce space jam is an even harder ask than even entering the dunk contest. And he ducked that his entire career. So I just, cool. I don't understand why I'm with you maybe do something different, but what Michelle we're in the age of, of remakes. Everything is being remade today. There's really very little originality and creativity and stuff like this. And that's probably why this got done. And he probably got paid a shit ton of money. So good for him, man. I mean, the, I think he's on set to be or on pace to be a billionaire already. So I'm sure he's pretty much there with this movie.
1: What did you make of him having actors as his kids and not his real kids?
0: Oh, I I think that made sense because they would put way too much pressure on his kids.
1: Well, that's Um, what Jordan did too.
0: Yeah, I think- I I just think it's
1: different because we see his kids all the time on social media, you know, and his son is obviously a basketball star. So I just, I I was kind of surprised, I guess. Not that I expected him to use his kids, but I wouldn't have been surprised if he used his actual kids because they're kind of stars in their own rights now. They have huge social media following.
0: Maddie loves Zuri his his daughter oh, who is his youngest child she's a really doll. cute and also his mid, uh, his middle son uh not Bronny. Bryce. Bryce, Bryce, yeah right uh he's <laughs> he's definitely a cute kid too and obviously Brian's like a good basketball player
1: oh my gosh yeah um, they're all studs
0: and I don't know the actress that played his wife, but I've seen her in other things before, and I do like her. So I think they did a good job there. But I'm not surprised. Like it would just be how that's such a hard ass to to ask. You know, your kids to to act and do a movie and play themselves. Well, I don't know.
1: I'm just saying. I looked up Zuri. She has 389 thousand followers on Instagram. Oh,
0: of course. Yeah, I'm sure but she's that's killing what, it. All,
1: all I'm saying is that they're already so famous. I just it would be a cool opportunity for them. But I get it, I get it, I get it. But either way, so what did you get, 1.25 heaters? I'll give it 1.5,
0: I'll give it 1.5. And I'm right, I really feel like I'm being a hater, but I am more of a tough grader. I did enjoy the second half, so I'll just say that. I enjoyed the second half, but man, that first half was rough.
1: Listen, you're also never going to get um, high stars for me when the first one includes Muggsy Bogues. So sorry. That's
0: that is true. That is very true. I know the, the stars in the old one, because what do we have? Barkley, Sean Bradley, Muggsy Ewing. Bogues, Patrick Ewing. Ewing was in it. Was Larry um, Bird in it? Was he? I don't remember. I mean, Sean Bradley was the one white dude. I remember, um, cause it was just so funny. Sean Bradley was one of the funniest players ever. Cause he was so lanky and weird. I just uh, remember
1: Muggsy walking through the hallway in the hospital and all the guys hit their head and Muggsy just keeps yep.
0: cruising. <laughs> yep. 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 It's good. I liked all the people that were in, in the second one too.
1: No, they had awesome people. Yeah, it was. We grew up in that era, so we're obviously going to have more affection to the guys that we watched growing up.
0: For sure. Uh, real quick, last question: Better jerseys, the old ones, obviously, right?
1: Obviously, versus the one.
0: new ones. I actually didn't hate the ones in this, no, though. I like the I color combo. Good. I but agree. It, the other one, the old ones, were just classic. The white with the with the blue ring and space, you know, Tune Squad, all that stuff. It was really good.
1: One more thing, I did love how the opening credits were the same thing as Michael Jordan, where it was uh, all of the mm-hmm. flashes from his career. Mm-hmm. Again, the the first one opened with Space Jam. Come on and slam and welcome to the jam. Unless you have a song to match that,
0: come on. Yeah, I do not think any of the songs in this one were that great. I think it was, again, they were trying really hard to pull out stars and big names, but the other one, it's a classic. It's a jock jam sort of classic thing, and it's something that we all grew up with. This is just never gonna, maybe for this group of, like for this generation, because I've, I've heard a lot of kids do like this movie because they probably don't even remember oh, or have seen the old one. So maybe they're, right. you know, we're just the old heads here who are like knocking on it because it's not cool like the other one. Um, but I have read that a lot of kids like it. So I guess if the kids like it, that's all that matters.
1: That's all that matters. Is, he did it for the kids. Do it for the kids. So he did LeBron it for the, for the kids.
0: kids. Yep, there you go.
1: All right, well, Steve, let's get to a review before we close this out. This one says Date Girl, five stars. Okay. So this goes back to the Am I the Asshole about the girl who got asked on a date while she was on a date and she went on date number two. Okay. So this is date girl, five stars. I think guy number one messed up by sitting at the bigger table with friends. If they were on the first date, then they should have said hello and sat at their own table. As soon as they sat with others, the date was over. In my opinion, five stars.
0: That's an excellent point. That is an excellent point. Uh, group, group first dates are typically not a great, I would never do that. And I don't trust my friends (laughs) to to be honest (laughs) with you. (laughs) Not not that, not that I think they would take my girl or whatever, but I just, my friends are just, they're just kind of weird and they're very in your face and it's probably not a great first date scene for a girl. Right. Uh, Plus you don't,
1: there's, there's some uncontrollables there.
0: Yeah. They're going to rag on me no matter what, they don't care if it's a first date or, you know, if I'm married, it doesn't really matter. So, uh, not a great scene, but I think, I actually think this, this commenter is right. It is a weird situation that does open. It's almost your own fault for doing that. You kind of brought that on yourself. So no one else to blame for yourself. Yes. Yeah. It's a good point.
1: Well, thank you so much for the review. If you haven't already and you love this podcast, please head to Apple Podcasts, search for Small Talk, subscribe to it, rate it, preferably five stars, and leave a review. We try to get to a review at the end of every podcast. So if you leave a review and we like it, we'll read it. Um, well, thanks, Sarutz. This was great. And thank you for watching Space Jam. I know you've been super busy with the NBA finals and whatnot, but I was like, we have to talk yeah, about Space Jam. No, we So work it into your schedule. And um, thank you for your great Space with Sarutz this week. I feel like we need to do more
0: Space with Sarutz. I mean, Space is it's probably <laughs> my favorite segment, to be honest. We do Hoops with Sarutz, Sarutz, Space with Sarutz. I would prefer to do Space with Sarutz every <laughs> episode. You know me, I'm kind of a closet nerd. So anytime you want.
1: All right, we'll work on that. Well, Steve and I will hopefully be back in action next week. But until then... We need self-awareness ratings.
0: That's all, folks. Thanks for listening to Small Talk. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts or the Podcast One app.